You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, Melissa. Hey, Elisa. It's that time again, episode 343 of Geekiest Show Ever. It is. Are you uh, getting ready for Halloween? Because that's coming up next. Nope. <laughs> the kids don't. Are you too old for Halloween? <laughs> well, the kids don't come down. We live at the end of the street and the kids don't come down this far. Plus, it's uh, supposed to yeah. be really crappy next week. Possibly uh, the S word. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, at least it'll actually feel like October out there. Out here, it's still freaking hot. No. Still in the it, 80s. It's, it's, no. it's coming down. The nights are getting cooler. So I'm actually. We're thinking about we we we're still quarantined. We're still staying home, but we're we're actually thinking about getting dressed up and just going for a walk. We're not going to collect candy or anything, but we're thinking about just just getting out of the house. We're we're really we're really fatigued. It's it's really starting to wear on us. So we we stood <laughs> in line today for seventy minutes to vote. I was going to ask you about that. How did that go? Seventy minutes. Well, okay, so it's a little over an hour. It was. You know? It surprised me in this area because normally you don't have. I, I wasn't expecting that kind of population because we're not New York City, we're not Los Angeles, we're not Dallas, you know, we're not the big city. So I was mm-hmm. surprised, but some uh, early voting started yesterday in New York State, and someone I know who voted at the same place that I went to, on Facebook yesterday, he posted that he got there at 8 a.m., it opened at 9, and he still had to wait 50 minutes to get in, and the line was about a quarter of a mile long. And then today I saw one of those sped up videos on the one of the local news stations. Uh, uh-huh. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, my God, that was the line. <laughs> Holy that, And cow. you were in one of those lines. Well, wow. it turned out when we got there, we were in a certain point. So let's let's just call the point zero. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like as people were leaving and the line moved up people at came to the end of the line. So the line never got oh longer than zero. It never went past that. So it just seemed huh. like at least at the time that we were there, it was always a 70 minute wait. Uh-huh. Interesting. You know, it wasn't. Did going you take chairs or anything? There did were some come? people that did. Uh-huh. I knew what was, what was really sweet was when we got, there was someone standing at the door who would open the door and say, okay, two more people can come in. Uh-huh. And then we would have to wait online to get checked in. But there was, Three, I think there was three or four people ahead of me. We were looking right at the door, and an older lady came by herself in her walker. Aww. And I could hear people saying, "Go ahead, go to the top Aww. of the line, go." To the, That's and sweet. she started to cry. Oh, yeah, because you could so see sweet. she was very feeble. Yeah, and she's just like, "Oh, thank you so much, thank you so much," and she was really struggling. Yeah, to Aww. put one foot in front of the other, but everybody's going, "No, no, go ahead, go ahead," like. You know. Oh, that's great. It's yeah, great so, when everybody's encouraging each other. Yeah. So she went ahead and, and she yeah. went in and she was gone by the time it was our turn to go in. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a couple of, uh, you know, vintage people that I support. And there's one that I'm I'm trying to make sure that she gets her ballot filled out and then, you know, go online to track it. And she's like, what? How do we do that? And, you know, we talked about it. We'll we'll, we'll talk about it again. We don't so, do that in New York, unfortunately. Yeah, so you don't track your ballots. Yeah, no, so we, we can track our ballots because we, we have mail in here. So, yeah. Yeah. but one thing I do want to say to listeners that have not voted yet and oh, are vote. going to, whether you're doing early voting, whether you're doing mail in, or whether you're going to the polls on election day, 
make sure if you're looking at a piece of paper that you turn it over because mm -hmm. sometimes they have propositions or referendums on the other side and you go, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, I had no idea. So make sure that you're looking at the entire ballot front and back. There's you... a lot to look into. Yeah, it's, it's getting to be, well, we can probably talk about it in, in the future about, you know, uh, voting technology, I guess you could say, like, you know, there's apps out there that help educate you on the issues, the, the referendums, the propositions, all that kind of stuff. That's, uh, that's something I've really been uh, diving into recently that I had not looked at before. I really just... You know, I've only started looking at propositions in the last, probably within the last decade, but I hadn't looked at it much before, but it's all becoming very, very important. So please go out and vote if you mm -hmm. have not voted. Absolutely. PSA on politics today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you want to move on to, we have a little bit of listener feedback. Mm -hmm. um, last show, we were talking about 1Password and the subscription model versus the standalone licensing and how to create new vaults and share them with people. And uh, we, one of our listeners, listener Bob, he said that he listened to the podcast and that he would help us out with tinkering with that. So um, that's just to say that we're going to research it a little bit more and we'll get back to you and tell you what we learned about that, about syncing shared vaults between the standalone version versus the subscription model. So that was nice to nice mm, to get that. Thank feedback you, Bob. That, yes. Thank you very much, Bob. Um, we look forward to, to playing along with you. <laughs> so if anybody else has any feedback for us, how can they get a hold of us? They want well, to tell us. The best way would be to send us an email at podcast at geekyshowever.com. And or, we have a new way. <laughs> yes, we do. We have a Twitter page now, and we would love for you to follow us on Twitter. It's at geekiest show. So G E E K I E S T S H O W, at geekiest show. So we are the geekiest show ever, but just for the sake of the handle for the for the Twitters, it's just geekiest show. So a little confusing, but that's, you know, Twitter didn't make it very easy for us to get the whole thing. Plus, it was really long. We like to keep it short yeah. and sweet. GSC, and the stuff that we're going to be, yeah, GSE. Yeah. GSE was too short for them. Geekiest show ever was too long. So we said geekiest mm -hmm. show. Yeah, we struck a happy medium. So geek, at geekiest show is where you can follow us on Twitter. And we're going to be posting... You know, helpful tips. It'll be a break from politics, a break from all the other stuff, a break from all the doom and gloom, and hopefully just some really good positive stuff for you to mm -hmm. learn about new technologies and see what we're up to in our technology world. Right. Interesting technology tips and articles mm -hmm. and so forth. Yeah, because we want you to pay attention. You might learn something. Oh, no. Oh, no, we can't have that. <laughs> So then uh, next, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, just some general updates and stuff and, and updates being the key word here. There were a lot in this house at, at Davis Place. There was a lot of updating and upgrading going on. Uh, last episode, I was uh, talking about, you know, the woes, the things that I was experiencing because I was still behind on um, the Mac. I hadn't updated my MacBook Pro. I hadn't updated my Reminders app. And, you know, I had my reasons for why I was waiting. A lot of people, a lot of people have had waited or are still waiting to upgrade to Catalina. And there's always been this confusion over, like, is it safe to upgrade? Is it safe to upgrade? And it just seemed like every time I felt like I was going to go do it, like so people would say, yeah, it's pretty stable by now. There would be something else. Like there would always be something. And I figure even now there's still always going to be something. There's always going to be some kind of bug that, that needs to be squashed. But Catalina was was a real train wreck for a while. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Now you you said you just got your MacBook Pro when just this last Black, year. Yeah, Black Friday Black last Friday. year, and I 
don't remember having any problems with it other than transferring my data from my old computer to my new. That was a cluster. Now, it came with Catalina on it, correct? Correct. Correct. But for whatever reason... So you didn't reason, have to upgrade. No. So mm -hmm. I don't know if it was Catalina. I don't know if it was the computer itself. All I know is that that first computer, I ended up taking back the same day, that evening, and getting a different that. computer because it was just such a nightmare trying to get the um, Super Duper. I tried the Super Duper clone and I tried the mm -hmm. My Time Machine backup, but finally I got everything working and can't Knock remember <laughs> having anything major. I think the biggest problem I'm having is the battery doesn't always charge up to 100%. But I went mm, to the Apple Store and they gave their reason. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, we'll see. Yeah, you and batteries don't get along very well. Yeah, You're batteries just, you just have an electrifying I, personality. We have, we have a very bad relationship. <laughs> mm -hmm. And out here, batteries just get murdered. So the, the heat just kills everything when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I'm just used to charging all the things all the time. So needless to say, I've been very sheepish on upgrading certain things because of certain workflows that I had in place that I didn't want to get interrupted. And, you know, but then I finally decided, you know, one or one or two of my clients had upgraded and I thought, you know what, I really got to meet them where they are. I got to eat my own dog food. And it was just time. It was just time. In fact, you know, what, what did it for me, and, and this is different for everybody, but what really did it for me was when I would go looking for an app that I wanted to try out and, oh, that looks really cool. You know, what about the Mac app, you know, and, and see what it, what it had. And it would say, you know, it was only available for Catalina. And I ran into that so many times. I was like, yeah, I think it's a sign. <laughs> it's a sign. It's all things point to it's time to upgrade Melissa. So I finally did. And I'm happy that I did knock on wood. Um, things are going okay. Like I said, I've waited all the way. I mean, it is, it's version 10.15.7. So it's been through several iterations and it was just time. So I finally upgraded to Catalina on my Mac. So I've got that going for me. I did finally take the plunge. I upgraded the Reminders app. And so funny story, if you remember last time, I had this whole long PSA about, you know, be careful if you go and upgrade your Reminders, you might lose things, you might break stuff. And uh, remember, I said last time, you know, we break all the things so that you don't have to, right. so that we can fix it later. And I was talking about how I felt, I, I felt really bad because I felt like I got caught, you know, like I, I'm a technologist and I should know how to do these things. And I, and I do for the most part. And I, and I try really hard to make sure that there's a backup, you know, backup, 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 test your backups, all that kind of stuff. And I did. And I was still upset with myself because there were some reminders that I had lost. If you remember Last time, go back and listen to that episode, um, but know that it, it, there is a happy ending. Um, <laughs> I thought that I had lost the reminders list that I created when I've been I've been tinkering around, tinkering around with different solutions for a bell schedule here at home. And I had created, long story short, I had created two reminders lists, one for each child for their own bell schedule. And I need to do one for my husband because as teachers know, there's this, oh, it's just, I'm not going to get go into it too deeply, but scheduling is just, it is such a snafu. It's just horrible the way that things have to be scheduled these days. Parents are struggling with it. Teachers are struggling with it. Kids are struggling with it. So it's up to us to try to find these solutions for how are we going to stay on track with things? How are we going to know which which class to go to when? It's just, it's, it's really a need out there, I think. And so it's something that I'm, it's important for me to tinker around with. And so Reminders was one of those solutions that I was trying and I had created two bell schedule lists. And then I lost them because I, you know, didn't check the box or, or something. Well, it turns out, so the funny thing is, I, I was bemoaning how, like, I got caught and, you know, even I, you know, got, got stymied by this. Well, it turns out 
I need to give myself a little bit more credit, Elisa. <laughs> I actually did back them up. <laughs> I just have to laugh at myself. It's just so funny because after we recorded that, after it was published and I was starting to listen to it, wouldn't you know, as I was prepping to do my upgrade, I don't know what made me do it. I forget. I was, oh, I know what I was doing. I was following my own advice. I was, I was practicing what I was preaching because as I was getting ready to upgrade, having learned from the example that I was explaining last time about how it's not only important to just back things up, because as I discussed, not always can you find things in a backup. It's not as simple as like, oh, it's in Time Machine. It's, it's fine. It's just, no, it's not always. <laughs> things aren't always what they seem. Uh, I couldn't get it through iAmazing, you know, so on and so forth. But what I did find was that exporting, that is the key to salvaging or, or saving, on, uh, holding on to your reminders list, your calendars, anything that can be exported. You should try to export it first, not just back it up, but export it. Yeah, all and your bookmarks so I was in your browser. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's another good one. Yes. Uh, so I was practicing what I was preaching and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm finally going to do this deep breath. I'm going to, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to upgrade to Catalina because I was so nervous about it after all the problems that, you know, people had been having, but it was time. And so I thought, all right, I'm going to go in, I'm going to go export my calendars, my reminders, like anything that is really crucial to me that I don't want to lose. And my calendars, my gosh, I mean, you know, I, I save everything. I, they're my, my little baby journals and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to lose, lose that stuff. And now knowing what I learned from, <laughs> see, I learned things from, from myself as I talk about this stuff. So what I had learned was that in the new version of reminders, you can't restore them. So the answer is to export them first. And then that way, if you lose them, you know, you might lose, you know, a week's worth of stuff, but at least you won't lose, you know, a whole history of it. So I went to export my reminders. And what did I discover when I went to export them? That I had already done it last time. Yay! <laughs> so I found them. I was able to get them back. They, they actually were not lost. I actually did have the, the forethought to actually export them. So I had actually, I had, was actually a step ahead of myself. And when I saw that, I just laughed. I was like, all right, I have to tell Lisa about this. So <laughs> we're kind of laughing laughing at myself over that. So I've upgraded to Catalina. I've upgraded to iOS 14. It's now 14.1. So if you're following along, uh, check your, your general software updates. As Elisa was telling me, I have the same problem. It doesn't automatically tell me when there's an update. We have to kind of go looking for it. So every once in a while, just, you know, Jiggle a handle, go go check and see if there's an update. And sure enough, there is. For So you should be up to date with iOS 14.1. The tvOS is now up to 14.0.2. And watchOS 7 is, we, we discovered this as we were talking pre-show. For me, I have a Series 3. But Elisa, you have a Series 5. Series 5. And we were like, wait, why, why isn't the same? It turns out that there is a watchOS update to 7.0.3, but it's only for Series 3. So, Kevin? Got to go update your watch. <laughs> uh, it was for some kind of a crashing issue or something. So, and I also discovered too that uh, the cute little hand washing timer, I, I did want to check that out because I wanted to see if that would be something useful for the kids. I, although I had my misgivings thinking it's kind of gimmicky, turns out that that's only available for series four on up. That's the hand washing timer. So I don't get to play around with that. And Lisa, did you bother to try that one? Nope, I forget. Not nope. interested. Yeah. You know how to wash your hands. <laughs> I say, I know how to wash my yeah. hands. <laughs> Yeah, I'm good. Uh, so the other new thing um, that I discovered recently that has been around for a little while, but I finally decided to do it was Apple Pay Cash for the family. Um, I have two kiddos that are under the age of, of 15. I have a 14 year old now, so he kind of meets certain thresholds for 
having a little bit more responsibility on his phone, but we still have a lot of parental controls and now they're not called parental controls anymore. It's all, it's all under the guise of uh, screen time. It's all called screen time. And um, I was a little bit panicked because when I upgraded our phones to iOS 14, I went to go in and check the screen, uh, screen time settings for the kids. And I was like, uh-oh, so this is kind of a gotcha. This is something to look at, but it can be fixed. There's a happy ending. Um, turns out that depending on who the family organizer is in your Apple iCloud family, in, this, in our case, it's my husband. And I've explained before because we were using his Apple ID for purchases, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I went to look at my kids' screen time settings and they weren't there. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't click on my kids. I was like, what? So I rushed down to my husband's office and I was like, let me see your phone. And I had to toggle something. I had to go in and tap on my name and make sure that it said that I was listed as a parent or something. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, it made it it made it go. So when I was able to go back onto my phone, then I could I could tap the screen sharing. So if that is you and you had been listening to this and if you're upset with that, there is that that is the solution is to go make sure that you go to the family organizer's phone, go into their Apple ID settings and make sure that you're listed as a parent, which I had been all along, but I had to actually tap on my name and I think it must have invoked something. It must it must have summoned whatever iCloud spirits be and it made it it made it work. So now that's working again. And so while I was there, then I saw something that had to do with Apple Pay Cash. And I was like, you know what? Uh, this is something, you know, new in our family. You know, like I said, we have a 14-year-old. We have an up-and-coming 11-year-old. And they're starting to want to do more things to earn money. They want to be able to buy their own things. I mean, my gosh, I was babysitting since the age I was 12. So it's time and we need to start finding ways to be able to pay them. And, um, you know, one issue is like if they want to go over to, say, the grandmother's house over to Oma's to maybe like, you know, mow the lawn or rake the leaves or something, you know, we still have to keep a distance. We don't want to get her sick and that sort of stuff. So um, like I know she has somebody come over and this this will be uh, something we'll check back in with. It's something that I want to try to see if I can teach her. So think warm thoughts for me, but I'm going to see if I can try to teach teach Oma how to use Apple Pay Cash to be able to pay the kids with texting cash to them it's going to be totally wild for her and she's gonna probably her eyeballs will fall out of her head and she'll be like what i'm not doing that (laughs) so we'll we'll see how it goes but that's something that i'm going to be looking into so apple pay cash for families is a really cool feature for contactless payment and then um since we've upgraded to ios 14 i'm trying to spend a little bit more time like i said i've been so busy doing all of these upgrades and updates on all of our devices and not just our devices. I also have a volunteer project. If anybody's been following along, um, my children's school uses really old like iPad 2, really old iPads. And we're trying to see if they're if they can be repurposed for, you know, webcams or Zoom or, you know, some other device that the kids could use for for the few kids that are going to in-person just to kind of reduce the amount of things that they have to deal with. But we wanted to see if maybe we could get some of those iPads back into use. So I've been redeploying them. They had certificates that expired. And so that's what I've been doing at 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. on my kitchen counters. Like I have 30 iPads strewn across the counter and I'm tapping all the things, trying to update them. So I have been doing a lot of, of updating. And one of the things that I haven't had time to play with that I want to play with is widgets. And uh, so you don't have a whole lot of interest in it, Lisa, but yeah. you tinkered with it a little bit. It, mm-hmm. And a, a lot of what I have. They're, I'm just not interested in them in widget form. Mm-hmm. It does seem like there was a couple where I went to show it to my husband, and, and that's always the test, right? Is like, how can I explain this to a non real like geeky techie person? Like, how do I explain this to him? And when I went to explain widgets to him, as I went to go investigate it, he was like, "Well, 
that's just a bigger version of the app. Why do I want that? I was like, you know what? That's a good point. <laughs> because a couple of them, I was like, yeah, it just takes up more space on your screen and it doesn't really offer a whole lot of, of extra. Yeah. You know, like, for example, I thought the reminders would be cool, but it only shows you like one or two reminders in, yeah. in the small square and the tile. Weather, like I keep the weather on my home screen. So how hard is it for me to tap weather to mm -hmm. see what the weather is? You know, I did try something called sticky widgets and that was on my home screen. Just and, and that's good if you need to if you needed to remind you of something I, I had on mine, exercise more. So every mm -hmm. time I picked up my phone, I would see the words exercise more. But after a Motivational. while. At first, but lost, then after a while, her. it's just, yeah, exercise more, yeah, whatever, as you're shoving mm -hmm. the Oreo cookies down your throat. So <laughs> I, I ended up saying, eh, I don't, yeah, I don't really yeah. need this. I don't know. It just seems, I, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are customizing with widgets, and it seems to be this big, big, huge fad that exploded, and I wanted to see what all the fuss was about. And as I started digging into it, I was like, yeah, I can see how it can be useful for certain things. Like I do like the calendar wish, the, the calendar widget I talked about last time too, how I love my calendars. And oddly enough, I actually like the, the stock calendar. Usually I go for calendars five. I don't know what they need to do to that to make it more useful, but I think it's because they have such huge banners across the top. So I don't know if, if I could like maybe talk to the, the app developers and say, you know, can we just tweak it so that, you know, a little bit more of this shows. So right now I'm sticking with the the stock calendars widget, and I have the the larger rectangular one. I mean, that I find might that be good for someone who lives and dies by their calendar. Which for, I do. Yeah, for yeah. someone who yeah. is always has a meeting or has to be somewhere mm -hmm. or has got an appointment somewhere. And if they ever lost their calendar, they would just be like totally lost. Uh -huh, you know, to be able to pick up their phone and just go, oh, my gosh, I have to be, you know, at the dentist in an hour. I better get myself well, that's, together. That's what it is for everybody that's that's learning at home. Everybody that's working from home, we all have to have all of these schedules. So it's it's become immensely important. I mean, my I'll have to show you a screenshot, Elisa, sometime so you can see what my calendars look like because you know I've got different colored bubbles for the kids for all of their classes, and then for my husband and for mine, and like we have our personal calendars. Then I have like my clients that I have to schedule. So. Mm. Yeah, I mean, calendars, it is something that we live and die by. So it's mm -hmm. it's definitely something that I want to see a little bit more spit and polish put on, too. Yeah. There, there's, I think it could be a little bit more useful. So I mean, I've always been someone that I have to write things down on my calendar, but I'm pretty good mm -hmm. at just once it's written down, I remember. Mm -hmm. I have a doctor appointment yeah. on this date. My father has a doctor appointment on this date. We are recording at this time instead mm -hmm. of this time. You know, I, I just, I remember. Plus, I, yeah, still, see, I can't do that with my I fiber still fog. Have like, I need paper. something that cuts through the fog. I still have a paper calendar in the kitchen, so everything mm -hmm. goes on there. So between... There's definitely something to be said for writing it down. For me, it's the whiteboard. I have a little whiteboard on the fridge, mm -hmm. yeah. and I, I will duplicate. I will, you know, put things on my phone, but then I will also, like, if it's super important, I will then write it down. And then, like, for appointment cards, like, I might take, if we had gone, which we, we don't much anymore, but if we had gone to the doctor in person, I would take the appointment card and that has a special place on the refrigerator. You know, it's just when you're managing, when you're managing a family plus a small business, you just need all of these tools. And then when you're managing a family plus a small business and you have a chronic health condition that causes you to forget things and be disorganized, then you need all these extra tools. So I found it really just indispensable. So I'm really liking the, you know, I'm trying to play around with the widgets a little bit more. You know, it's something I really want to dive into in the future will be shortcuts because that's something that I'm actually looking at programming for, again, going back to the bell schedule, 
there's an app called Multitimer Pro that will do like a stepped timer. And there is a way that I, I think I've, I've tinkered with it a little bit, but I could create a shortcut that will say, okay, on these days, start the timer. And then, you know, it would probably ring like a bell schedule. So, you know, it just, it's, we're geeks. It's, it's just stuff that we, that we like to, to tinker with. So that was what I wanted to say about widgets, still, still tinkering with that. But it, again, for feedback, if anybody has any really awesome widget that they really love, you know, that's kind of has to do with what we were talking about, scheduling, you know, keeping pace with stuff, um, being reminded about stuff, let us know, um, contact us or, you know, email us, tweet at us now and uh, send us a link to your favorite widget. That would be really, really cool. Um, we talked a, just a tiny little bit about sleep tracking last time. And now that I've done the updates, I am. Um, I looked into it. I, I started using it, but as we discussed, it's like it's just terrible for menopausal and premenopausal women because sleep is just. Ugh. But that's that's the thing that I wanted to talk about, and I want to know what what other people think about this. But I feel like the sleep tracking, if you're going to use it, which you know I would like to just see, I would like to try to be more conscientious about it. I, I said last time when we talked about it, I think it's kind of a gimmick. I still do feel that way, but when I was trying it, I, it reminded me that. You know, there's ways like, for example, on your watch, you swipe up and there's the little bed icon now. It's like a little aqua colored bed icon. And then on your app, on your iPhone, you swipe up in the control center and there's a little bed icon. And like you had said, it's kind of pointless because it if, if you're just laying there in TV and you're watching bed, it counts you as being asleep when you're not actually physically asleep. And then I was it got me thinking, I'm like, yeah, that's true. That's why I kind of feel like it's a gimmick and it's kind of worthless because, I mean, unless it was like maybe reading your heart, your, your heart rate, you know, sleep tracking needs to be done with a bunch of electrodes hooked up to your brain. You know, sleep tracking has to do with your brain waves and your brain activity, not your, your physical movement. It's not just about gyroscopes. It's not just about physical activity. It's about what's going on in your brain. So that's why I think it's like kind of a gimmick, but, but it is something that brings awareness to the fact that, you know, Americans chronically have sleep problems. We, we all have you know, sleep issues, a lot of us. And I feel like we could maybe destigmatize some of these things. Like, you know, people say, oh, you know, oh, if you're sleeping, you're lazy. Whereas, you know, that's not really true. Like the problem is we're not sleeping enough and it's it's driving our productivity down because we're chronically sleep deprived. And the so quality just, of sleep is bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just because yeah. I'm sleeping, I'm still tossing and turning. Ask my husband, mm -hmm. you know, because I've kicked him a few times because I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm very restless sleeper. They might look at that, the act, you know, the sleep tracking might look at that as me being awake mm -hmm, when I'm sleeping. Exactly. But when I'm awake, it puts me down as sleeping because I'm not moving. Yeah. So that's why I think it's, eh, it's, it's not a real good thing to just put a lot of stock in it being, oh, this is, you know, a sleep tracker. What, what I think it really should be looked at more is a sleep awareness tracker. Like you're aware of your lack of sleeping. You're aware of, the sleep that you are, you aren't getting because you know that you're moving around. You know that you're tossing and turning, but the app doesn't necessarily. And you need to know when is your REM sleep and you need one of those apps. There's, there's some apps. I'm not sure if the sleep tracker does it through Apple, but I know there are other apps that somehow can let you know what your best time is to wake up. So if you normally wake mm -hmm. up at seven in the morning, maybe your body would be better served if you got up at six in the morning. Mm-hmm. Because I know for me, I have found that I sleep late on Saturdays and Sundays. It was almost nine o'clock when I got out of bed yesterday, but my body really needed it because I was just so tired because I hadn't slept very well during the whole week. But I find a lot of times if I sleep late, 
I drag the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas there if I get up, because I get up at seven during the rest of the week, the alarm is set, get up at seven. And I find that even though I might be like, oh, uh, uh, and you have to get the crane to drag me out of bed <laughs> and get me into the shower to, you know, it takes a while to do that. But I find in the long run, I feel better throughout the rest of the day because I didn't mm-hmm. stay in bed for hours and hours. Right. So, yeah. and, you know, so I think some of these are good if you can find that app that will give you the most accurate information. It'd be interesting if they made something that could tap into your iPhone at night that would actually put like little electrodes on your on your head or something. I, I don't know what, what, what it would take to get that into a consumer's bedroom or not, but that would that would be definitely interesting. But I think it's just about awareness. And so I, I wonder what other people think about it. I kind of think that the the sleep should be it is in the health app where where it belongs. I mean, that's definitely important for it to be there because it's kind of like a I guess they treat it as like a, a vital you know, that you would track like your, bre- your blood pressure and stuff like that. Mm. But I kind of feel like it should also be tied to the fitness app because we, we pride ourselves on fitness and giving each other kudos for how many steps you took or, you know, not steps, but like activities that you did. And, and that's all well and fun. We have a lot of fun with that. We love giving each other kudos for our fitness abilities. But you know what? I want kudos for taking a nap. <laughs> I want kudos for getting more rest. I want kudos for sleeping more because I struggle with it. I'm a chronic insomniac. I want credit for that. Like I want something to, in other words, motivate me to, no, no, unless I really got to like reprioritize that. That can wait, you know, just you got to go lay down, you know, just to, I think that sleep is part of fitness. And if we got better sleep, better quality sleep, then we would be more fit. So I kind of feel like it should be in in the fitness portion of things. I yeah. of course it'd be have to be something that you want to opt in for. Not everybody wants, you know, you don't you don't want your boss to know that you were sleeping on the job. You know what I mean? I don't know but how they would do that, that though because with the fitness app, yeah. it's you know it's dance, it's yoga, it's running, it's biking, it's burning calories. How do you, you know, how mm-hmm. do you account for the activity for sleeping? Yeah. It should be like a like a big negative void going the 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 surface should go the opposite direction. It should be like this deep. We're taking away and... fifty calories. <laughs> yeah, and we're adding fifty calories yeah. back into. Yeah. Hey, it's it's definitely an interesting problem to be solved, is it not? I mean, I really do think that sleep should be part. It it ties into just how fit you are, is how well rested you are, so that you can do more exercise. I mean, I probably would use the fitness app more. In fact, it's something else that I, I wanted to mention, too. That was another thing that I noticed that I hadn't noticed before was I was actually digging through the workouts in my watch because long time I've, I've been cl- complaining where like I would be playing with the dog and, you know, like we really get into it and, you know, she loves to play and just, you know, run around and, and rough, you know, get roughed up and stuff. And I think to myself, my God, I'm like, I broke a sweat. You know, this was like a lot of work, you know, or just walking the dog or or something, just doing something, playing with the dog. And I thought darn it, there should be a workout for that. Or there should be a workout for like, you know, housework or like, you know, vacuuming or something like that. Like none of this stuff is in there. And this was probably like two years now since I've actually dug into it. But I started looking and I don't know about you, but does it seem like they added more categories? Because there's actually now a play. There's a play open goal. I'm thinking about maybe trying that a little bit more because our our good friend, Bob, you know, he's the one that's encouraged me to like, you know, just, just use open outdoor goal like because that's what I was really kind of worried about in the beginning when I first started trying to track my fitness I you know I really need to get into it I've kind of given up on it but now that they have these more categories I might I might try to get back into it it's again it's one of those things you have to train yourself just like what I was going to say about sleep is that 
we've we've kind of established we think it's a gimmick. We don't think it's very accurate. However, it can bring your awareness to the lack of sleep or or try to get you encouraged to get better sleep or better quality of sleep if you're more aware of it. But they think that what you have to do is develop a workflow to train yourself that, okay, we know that it's going to count me as sleeping if I'm just sitting here watching TV. So maybe instead of having an auto schedule, get yourself in the habit of on your watch, you know, flipping up from the bottom into control center and then tapping on the bed icon when you feel yourself starting to fall asleep and then let it track it. And then if you get up, swipe up, you know, tap, tap face and turn it off. You know, maybe like just train yourself to do it manually. It's more work, but if it's, it's something that you want to try to track, you're going to have to log it somehow. And I just don't think letting the device log it for you is going to be nearly as accurate as if you actually log it yourself. And that's the same is true in the other direction of actually, you know, getting more activity is you're going to track your workout. So you're choosing your workout. So why not be choosing your sleep as well? I just kind of think they're, they're like part and parcel with each other. You know, I just think they kind of go together in, in different ways. But I think that um, the new workout, I just have to train myself to be more cognizant of the fact that, yes, there is, you know, an open goal. There's a dance open goal. There's a play open goal. There's a flexibility open goal. Because a lot of times, like, I'll do stretches, but I don't get any credit for it. <laughs> you know, I don't get anything. You know, it looks like I'm not doing anything. It looks like I'm not doing any kind of movement at all, except for when it tracks how long I've been standing and, and that sort of thing. But for the actual exercise goal, I never get anything because I don't put anything into it. I don't actually tell it, hey, I'm actually doing a work activity here. It doesn't just detect it for me. So that's something that I, I want to get to, you know, ahead of the whole, you know, New Year's, you know, resolutions and stuff. I'm just going to start now <laughs> before all that starts. That That's something that I really want to to see now I said on the podcast and so now I'm accountable like I have to that's do it right. now <laughs> see see we see why I did that but now that's something that I do want to I want to try to do more is, is is do more play workouts or more you know open goal workouts and try to get a little bit more credit so giving myself a little bit more credit is the is the theme there uh let's see what else do we have um so the other thing that I'm on the hunt for is what I'm calling this another thing I'm going to ask the listeners for feedback for is on Audio sharing tips. This is something that I want to learn a little bit more about. Um, we have a bit of a new kind of scenario in the house. You know, this wasn't a big deal when our kids were littler, but now that they're older and, you know, they have they have their bedrooms on one side of the house, but the living room's like kind of central. And my husband and I like to watch our, you know, adult shows, stuff that's not really appropriate for the kids. And one of the things that the kids complain about, because I like to watch a lot of creepy, spooky stuff is like, you know, Little Keegan will say, Mom, I can hear the bones crunching. <laughs> I just think it's, it's yeah, I feel so bad for it, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> but I feel bad for him. You know, I don't want him to hear all that stuff. And you just don't realize how much the sound is really traveling when they're laying down trying to sleep and talk about trying to get a quality sleep. It's kind of hard to, to sleep when you have parents who are into like horror and gore and stuff. And they're listening to all these, you know, terrible sound effects, you know, never the mind that it's probably a watermelon being crunched, but still. So I thought, you know, boy, wouldn't it be cool if when we're watching TV, if we could plug in our earbuds and, you know, our Bluetooth wireless earbuds and watch Apple TV and watch the shows that we want to watch. So I set out to investigating that because I had read something about the, um, the tvOS 14 update. So it's now up to 14.0.2 for those of you playing along. Uh, but it, back into tvOS 14, they announced share audio. And I thought, oh, that, you know, looks really interesting. But come to find out, we can't really pay along, play along. It's pay to play. You have to have 
either Beats or AirPods or AirPods Pro or something to be able to play along with this. So, you know, this is a feature that's that's becoming really important to me. And it might even actually drive me away from the Apple TV. Like I might relegate this Apple TV to the bedroom or, you know, gift it to another family member or something. But, you know, maybe I need to check out a Roku again or something. So what I'm really on the hunt for, what I'm really after is what can I do so that my husband and I can listen to the audio without disturbing the kids while they're sleeping so that we can actually watch some of these TV shows together? Because, you know, we've actually not been watching stuff together that we've been wanting to watch because we either have to wait till we can watch it in our bedroom or, you know, we want to be able to watch it on the bigger TV in the living room. We want to have that like theater experience that we set up for ourselves. But now, you know, with the kids getting older and them, you know, listening to this stuff, not that we didn't watch it when they were little babies, but, you know, they weren't paying attention. They didn't know, I guess, what they were listening to. <laughs> we'll find out later in therapy. But, um, <laughs> you know, so I, I just want to try to find a solution to this problem and, and see what we can do that's, a, that's more affordable than having to go out and drop hundreds and hundreds of dollars on, you know, AirPods Pro or, you know, some kind of AirPod product. I wonder if it's going to be available because I know that, for example, like I have, I have other Bluetooth, you know, knockoff or, you know, non-brand name Bluetooth earbuds that I can connect to the Apple TV, but then you can only connect one at a time. Because one of the things that we discovered, this is what led me down this path, was the kids play this. We were talking about this when we were talking about the Apple bundles and Apple Arcade is kind of like going on the chopping block. We're trying to figure out if we can justify the $60 a year expense, you know, for paying for Apple Arcade. I mean, the kids sort of, they play it, they like it. But the problem is that's not where their friends are. Their friends just aren't playing these games. So we're thinking about maybe cutting off Apple Arcade. Um, but when we were investigating this, one of the things that we discovered was that um, we could connect two of the game player controls, the, the controllers that you used to play the games with. And um, my son Lucian discovered that, oh, well, you can, you can now modify the game buttons, the, the game pad buttons. So you can reprogram them and stuff. And so he was really diving into that and thought that was really cool. And then I noticed that in the, the Bluetooth section where you can connect Bluetooth devices, it had said something about being able to connect more than one, um, more than one set of earbuds. And I thought, oh, let's try that. So I grabbed you know, a couple of our earbuds and nope, couldn't do the shared audio with it because they're not AirPods and they're not Beats. So that's something I'm trying to learn more a little bit more about. So I'm thinking... Uh, you know, if maybe if we're not doing Apple Arcade, then maybe it doesn't make sense to keep an Apple, you know, it doesn't make sense to upgrade to the next Apple TV that comes out. According to the Mac Rumors Buyer's Guide, that's something that I like to use, it says don't buy for Apple TV. It says updates coming soon. And when we said that there was a rumored Apple event that was coming up in November, so I don't know if they're going to announce that kind of stuff. It's probably going to be about the new Silicon for, for Macs, but you never know. You just never know. I mean, with the holidays coming up, Maybe they'll entice people. Maybe they just, uh, we'll talk about that next, but they just released the the new HomePod. So maybe there will be an Apple TV in there, but it's going to be something that I'm going to be watching for. So why don't we do that? Why don't we dive into the Apple announcements? Um, they happened back on the 13th. So we're late getting to this, but like, like I just established, we've been really super busy and you know doing all the updates and stuff. Um, so Elisa, do you want to tell us about one, one of the first things that they announced was the HomePod mini? And you had some thoughts about that. Yeah. I mean, if listeners might remember that earlier this year in the summertime, my uh, Amazon tap died a slow and painful death, which oh no, it, was, it wasn't even four years old yet. I spent, I think I spent $139 for it. 
But what I liked about it was it was wireless. You put it on the charging base and then I could bring it outside and it was a Wi-Fi speaker. Yes, it did have Bluetooth, but I want a Wi-Fi speaker so that I'm not using my phone and draining the battery to send the Bluetooth over. So I'm looking for a replacement. Can't find anything other than, um, I think it, it was either a Sonos or a Bose speaker, but it was like $400. And I said, yeah, that's not happening. Not just so I can bring a, a speaker out to the pool. I'll use my Bluetooth speaker. Well, then I saw the HomePod mini and I said, well, for my limit was $100 and this is $99. And when you look at the pictures, it doesn't show any cord. And it says in the description, when you go to the page on uh, apple.com, it says wireless. I said, ooh, this might be it. I'm going to have to go to the Apple Store when it's released and check it out because I did get some Apple Store gift cards for my birthday and I could put it toward the price. And even if I didn't, I'd be like, hey, $100 is good for me. Well, then I went on the page again and they've got an AR so that you could take a look at it through AR and turn it around. And there's that lovely little cord sticking out the back. I'm like, oh. So to them, wireless means Bluetooth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was really disappointed. I mean, I'm still going to go. I'll probably go to Best Buy because that way mm -hmm. I don't have to wait online to get in like I do at yeah. Apple. But I think I'm going to go just to double check and be sure. But I'm really disappointed because mm -hmm. I don't need it for the purpose of having another smart home. I have a Google Mini in the bedroom. I have one, two, I one, two. Echo mint, echo dots in hmm. two other bedrooms. I have an echo show in the kitchen. I have a Sonos in the family room. I don't need another one. Plus, I've got a bunch of like smaller Bluetooth speakers that I bring in the bathroom when I listen to podcasts while I'm in the shower. So yeah. I don't need another device. I don't use smart home. I don't use it to, you know, hey, yes, lady, put this on my shopping list. I strictly want it to bring outside for music. Mm -hmm. a very specific use case mm -hmm. for it yeah. so yeah you know what i'm scrolling through as you're talking about this i'm scrolling through the website and i'm looking and i'm really looking and i don't see anything that shows a cord now of course you know that's apple's thing right they right. they want to be truly wireless they really do and i appreciate that but not at the expense not at the expense of communicating appropriately and accurately to the consumer exactly what it is that they're getting. Because now I just assumed that it had a cord. And I think, I, I imagine if we watch the video, you'll probably, maybe you'll see a cord, but maybe not because no. they're real big on hiding that kind of stuff. It doesn't and show I, a cord. And I thought, oh, this yeah. might work. You would think like, even if you scroll down to the bottom, like they should show you like, you know, what comes in the box or, you know, they should show you a picture it does that shows say that um where is it here i'm, I'm looking to i mean I, I clicked through two pages now and i don't see anything visually that communicates that there is a cord on this thing i mean i just assumed that there would be a cord but you're right i mean it could very well have been marketed it, it could very well have been a, developed as a wireless type of device that i mean they're talking about magsafe and wireless and chi charging and all that kind of stuff i mean Who's to know for the average consumer looking at this that they don't just assume that, oh, you probably just like stick it on a base and charge it and then you can take it all throughout the house. If you exactly look on, what you yeah, were describing. If you look on the tech, tech specs page, it says 
wireless, 802.11n, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth mm-hmm. 5.0. I'm like, ooh, it's a yeah. Wi-Fi wire. This is exactly, I will give you $100 in a I heartbeat. Take my money. Yeah. I mean, I if I went to the Apple store and it had no cord and it, it, it charged just like my Amazon tap did, mm-hmm. I would be like, here's my, here's my credit card. Here you go. But or even says, if it had a cord that you could plug in to charge it with, you right. know, that you wouldn't have to get like a wireless base station or a wireless MagSafe or a wireless Qi charger or something. Yeah, and then you could pull the plug but out of the back. That would be fine there too. There is nothing, but it says there is the nothing box, that indicates there's a cord. In the box, I, a HomePod mini, 20 watt power adapter documentation. And the mm-hmm. only way that I knew is when you go back on the overview page and you scroll down to the bottom, mm-hmm. um, get down here, a lot of stuff on this page. You go to mm-hmm. use AR to see HomePod Mini. Open this page on your iPhone. So it wasn't or until iPad you saw the Safari. AR, and then I, t- you know, so I opened it up on my phone and I twisted it around. I'm like, ah, oh, crap! <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> well, there's a good case for using AR to look at products these days. <laughs> uh, I just, I see, and I, I think it's just fun to just go and like make this huge, ginormous iPhone appear on your on your dining room table just for fun but it actually does have a usefulness to it <laughs> go figure yeah so let's just we'll keep a little bit with the negative theme here and then we'll we'll try to wrap it up with something positive but another thing that that really kind of frustrated me so you know talking about the apple announcement so they basically it was nice short and sweet that's why we're calling this mini mini me everything's about mini and everything's kind of small it was only like an hour long it was a nice mini type of announcement they did they started out with the the homepod mini and then they announced the iPhones, of which there are four models. And then they talked about MagSafe along with that. And one of the models for the iPhone is the Apple I, uh, iPhone 12 mini. So there is what there's there's the 12, there's the 12 mini, there's the 12 Pro and the 12 Pro Max. So they have it's almost like they have one size for everybody. There's a there's something for everybody in this lineup, which is kind of nice. Um, you know, the price points, too. It's nice that, that the prices are going down. But the thing that frustrated me now, I, I was torn on this. I knew that this was a rumor. They were going, it was rumored that they weren't going to supply a power brick in the box. That, they, that this was part of their reduction on e-waste and they went, they went into that in detail. But then what's confusing is they went and put in an Apple Lightning to USB-C cable in the box. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you're talking about reducing the reduction of e-waste, you go and you put a cable in there and then you still don't supply the power brick that you can plug the cable into. So it basically makes the cable worthless. You know, the, their claim is that, you know, we all have these, we already all have these power supplies. Now, let me ask you, so what was the, the power supply that came in the box for your, for your iPhone 11? It was the regular, it came with the, yeah, it was the regular small, no, small little, not but it wasn't USB-C. No. Yeah. So, so their claim is, is that we all have these power supplies, but they're USB-A. They're not USB-C. So what is the point in giving us a cable if you don't have anything to plug into it? If you have no USB-C ports, if you're, if you're brand new to iPhone user, or maybe you're like, in my case, you're upgrading from an older device. Sure. I do have plenty of those power supplies laying around. I do. I even have a laptop, a, a MacBook Pro that has USB-C, but I'm not going to keep that plugged into my nightstand just so I can charge my phone. Come on. I mean, it's just, I, I get I get the point in trying to reduce the, the e-waste. I can get behind that. But then why do you go and confuse people by then putting a cable in the box? 
if you really wanted to reduce e-waste and you really think that everybody has all this stuff already, including the cables, then why did you put the cable in there? I think, you know, what it is, it's just, I'll just come out and say it. I think it's a little bit of a money grab for them to go and put the cable in. It's because they want you to go out and spend the $20 on the power supply. And I just think that's going to, that's kind of sneaky. Yeah, I think at this point, putting it in an older phone, like a regular lightning cable USB and taking that power brick out, fine. Yeah. Because all of us have, you know, yeah, all of us 20, have those. you know, 20 of them lying around the house from some reason or another. But for the USB, you know, that's that's still too fresh. For not C. everybody it's, has it. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. not everybody yeah. has that yet. Yeah, did I say what I did? I say something USB. Yeah. B. Yeah, the USB, USB. There's C. A, there's B, yeah. there's C, there's mini, there's micro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so the it's USB, so and that's, C, that's what's need contributed to, put, to so much e-waste. Yeah, you need to give people the smaller, um, the smaller power charger. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get that they don't put the headphones in anymore. I mean, I can't tell you yeah. how many I have that I never take them out of the box because they don't work yep. for me. They work for my husband. They don't work for me. They, they fall, fall out of my ears. ears. Yeah, I I can't they're stand too, them. They're too the little kids. You know, I I was collecting them. I still am collecting them for the older kids. But you know, like I I always collected. Like if I I'm not doing it as much anymore, or not at all. Actually, going out on house calls. But when I would go and work with a client, they would say, "Oh, you know, what's this?" And I, oh, those are those are ear earphones. <laughs> they wouldn't know because you know they were hearing aids or something. So they like, yeah, you want them? Like sure. So like I would collect them and put them in little bags and you know collect them for the for the kids to when their ear pods break or their, their, their earbuds break, you know, evidently they do, or they snap the cables or whatever. They're kids, they're hard on that kind of stuff. But the little kids, they can't, you can't get them in their ears. They're too small. Um, so the, the cables that we're talking about, so like, I don't know if you can see this, but I, I have one of these nice braided cables and it is a lightning to USB-C. And I did get it back early on when I first upgraded my MacBook Pro. Cause remember this was the whole, like, what was it? Dongle gate. I think we called it because when you first upgraded, it's this pain point. When we first upgraded the MacBook Pro and they took away all the USB-A mm-hmm. ports, then we had to contend with USB-C. And I thought, okay, well, I'm not getting dongles. I'm just going to go and buy the cable. So I invested. I mean, you know, they're not cheap. So I ended up getting cables so that I wouldn't have to have dongles to then connect things to. So I do have a USB-C to lightning cable. But again, I only ever use this for when I'm sitting at my desk and I need to charge up my phone. And then I plug it in. This is not going to be good for anywhere else in the house or on my nightstand. It's only good for when I'm sitting here at the computer. I don't have any other yet. I don't have any other power bricks that have a USB-C port on them. So I'm just a little bit perplexed as to why they would go and put that cable in the box, but then not give you a power brick. I get why they're not giving you a power brick, but then don't stick the cable in there either. I, I don't know. It just kind of seems... It just kind of seems counterproductive because we, we've all got plenty of these. We've all got plenty of USB-B to US to lightning. We have all got plenty of these. They all, you know, we have multiples of these. And this is what you're going to have to stick to using. So this is how you're going to have to charge your brand new iPhone 12 is with the cables and the power brick that you got from older phones. <laughs> so which is just and then what are you going to do with that USB-C cable? You're going to toss it aside unless you have or you go out and pay more to get the USB-C port. So. That just kind of irritated me. So the whole, it kind of, it kind of dovetailed into what you were talking about with the HomePod mini having a cable. And like I said, I, I assumed it would have a cable because you would have to charge it somehow. You'd have to plug it into something. But I can totally see your point as to someone thinking that it is a completely wireless device that you would, you know, maybe plug in a cable and then charge it. But 
as you discovered, there's actually a cable that's attached to it that you plug it into a wall. And nowhere in their advertising on their website do they show this thing plugged in on a table. They don't show what it looks like from, they show what it looks like from the top, but they're really, really careful to obscure or like clone out the cable. And I just think that that's really kind of false advertising. So I just wish they kind of get it together and be a little bit more honest about what you're really getting. Because it, you know, it's all this reality distortion filter. <laughs> we try to cut through that a little bit. You know, we try to hold Apple a little bit more accountable to that stuff. So I know it made I me know. so sad because I would have bought it in a second. Yeah. I would have walked out the I would have walked out the door with a brand new. Yeah. And I can totally see why we want that kind of use case. I mean it's tempting for us, but again, it's just it's another price point. And right now people are hurting when it comes to employment. I mean a lot of us either have lost jobs or maybe we still have jobs, but we're not getting the hours or we're not, I'm not doing nearly as much consulting as I used to do. So we have to be really conservative with this stuff and to kind of, to kind of milk us for, you know, cables and stuff at, at a time like this is, I just think it was bad timing. I think it was a little bit bad timing on their point. I, I can see if they did in the future, but I think it has to be done right. And I kind of think they missed the mark when it came to this particular part of it. So that was um, a little bit about the, the the Apple announcements. And then, you know, of course, there was the MagSafe. And again, it's one of those extras. It's one of those like, well, then you got to go and, and spend more for the MagSafe thing. And of course, it looks really wonderful. And it, you know, there's no more missing the mark and you get it right on there. But guess what else is not included in that box? Can you guess, Elisa? Can you guess what they didn't put in the box for the MagSafe? Give me a few minutes to think about this. <laughs> I was blown away when I went to look at one because I was starting to put like a shopping bag together to try to figure out like how much this was. And I thought, OK, all right, I get that you're trying to reduce the e-waste. You're not going to give us the power supply. So I'm going to go and want to buy a power supply. And I thought, you know what, maybe maybe I want to treat myself and I want to get the MagSafe. So I went to look at that. And sure enough, um, I looked at it on Amazon because it was available on there and it had such terrible, like low star reviews. And I thought, oh, what's that? what's that about? And I clicked on it. Sure enough, everybody was complaining. There weren't that many reviews, but the, the few that were there, they're all complaining about the fact that there's no power supply in the box. You get the MagSafe. It's got the cord hanging off of it, just like the, the HomePod mini, which now makes me wonder. I bet you there's no, there's probably no power supply for the HomePod mini, I wonder. Does it say what, what's actually in the box if there's a power supply for that? Yes, there is. I wonder if they're just ditching. So they put the power supply in there, but not in one for the MagSafe. The MagSafe is a device that you plug in to charge your device, but they don't give you any way to plug it in. Well, That's this one, I'm guessing, is just one of the like you know, two or three prongs that you put in the wall. That's what for I'm the, for the For the, for the HomePod. HomePod. That's what I'm guessing. Okay, be so it's not USB-C because it looks on like it, it looks like this? it's a cord physically attached mm -hmm. to the HomePod Mini. In which case, mm -hmm. that would just be a regular cord that would just plug in with yeah, mm -hmm. two or three prongs would probably two prongs for the size of that thing, but but that you would just plug into the wall. So yeah, no that's... power supply necessary. But yeah. for the MagSafe, there's it's just the USB. I think it's I think they said USB-C on the end of it. There's nothing to plug it into. This, doesn't that seem ridiculous? I got to look at this again. I, I just, I don't know. I just, I just, again, I think they kind of missed it on that one. So it's just kind of silly to me that you have to like spend more and more and more on like all these little add-ons. So they're like, oh, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to give us a break on price and cutting things down and they're trying to reduce e-waste. But then they want you to go 
back and add it back in. It doesn't really make any sense. So correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I that was what I read was that people had bought it and they wanted to return it right away uh, because there was nothing to plug into it. Okay. I'm doing the AR right now on my phone. And what it shows, it's weird. What it shows is the, for the cord on the back of it. it shows, yep. It shows, well, no, this is for the HomePod mini. What it shows, oh, okay, it's, you're it's, for- it's weird how they do it. You see the back, you see toward the bottom on the back, you see a circle with the round cord coming out, but they cut the cord. Oh, so they, they just, they're really against showing you how it plugs into the wall. You know what that could be because of the know. European and American standards? I don't know if you can see I, that. Yeah, I can. Can uh-huh. you see that? Yeah, I see it. It almost looks like a tail. Yeah, but they don't show you the rest of it. Yep. They don't show you the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, And that's so... probably to save on advertising or whatever, I guess, because the, the plug ends are different for for European homes versus American homes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They they have yeah. a different plug. So so it could be it could be that that's why they they probably have their reasons for that. I still just think it's kind of misleading. Okay, here I'm going to send you a link. This is what I'm talking about is the the MagSafe charger. I'm going to post it into our chat here so you can see what I'm talking about and hopefully the link that I sent you is going to take you directly to it shows you it is a USB-C ending on that on that cord so it looks like a puck it looks like a hockey puck with a long cord coming out of it and then on the end of it is USB-C but then there's nothing to plug it in so I guess they're just assuming you're going to plug this into your computer and that that's how you're going to charge your devices but that's the MagSafe charger oh okay I saw this on a podcast the other day and the thing is huge yeah I mean yeah it fits on the back of your iPhone okay Okay. Renee Ritchie was was demonstrating, and he, I thought it was funny. I, it made me laugh out loud. He said uh, he wanted to create like an ASMR channel just for plugging, just for snapping <laughs> on the bag safe because it makes this thunk. Yeah, the click sound. Thwack. I, th- I think he said it was a thwack, a thunk or a thwack. And I thought, yeah, that's pretty satisfying. But you got to be able to plug the damn thing in. It just uh, drives me nuts. Yep, so for, for, nine, so yeah, for 40 19, bucks, yeah, you get nine, the puck. And then $19, you can get the power adapter. Mm-hmm. So really, when when you're gonna buy a MagSafe charger, you're not spending thirty nine dollars. You're spending fifty nine dollars, forty. You know, it's so almost sixty dollars. You're spending sixty dollars just to be able to charge something mm-hmm. wirelessly, but it's not really wirelessly because you gotta have a wire. It's just uh, I don't know. And then it's if you con- want the case, it's another $49. And Oh, the cases. Yeah. And then you can't just put a clear case on these and expect them to be able to suck fast to a magnet. Nope. They got to be MagSafe compatible. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, it's one of these things where I know that there's people that kind of like laugh at us, like in the, you know, we're like the Apple nerds and they kind of laugh at us. And these are one of those, one of those times where I kind of feel like we're being laughed at and I can understand why. <laughs> Yeah, but this it's all has good. to be added. I mean, you're you're talking about adding potentially another hundred dollars to the price mm-hmm. of your phone. That's a lot of money. Yep. Yeah. So this is why I'm obsessing about this stuff is because I'm getting ready. I always like have this major anxiety because I'm getting ready to drop several hundred dollars on something. And I really got to make sure that that this is going to be a good investment because I got to think in the long run. That was the other thing that I want to talk about is that, you know, as far as the new iPhones that were released, I mean, for me, like you just got your iPhone 11 in January, you said, so you're not, yeah. you know, in the market for iPhone, but I am because I have an eight plus and I've waited a little bit longer. I think I waited an entire 
phone cycle longer than I normally do, you know, just finances and stuff. And now, you know, we have, I have been saving up money for this. And of course, I don't want to just blow it all. I have to be able to, you know, make it last. I've got to, I've got to really stretch it. So I'm actually going to be going with the iPhone 12 mini. Um, and I'll tell you why is because I've had this, this eight plus for so long. And I was telling you and I was telling Kevin, like it hurts to use it for me. You know, I have a, I have a joint and, and disc disease and it's, it's getting harder and harder to hold it with two hands. I, I thought it would be really great. I loved it. I mean, it's heavy because I have a case on it and then I have my, my cards in it. So I do, I do like the idea of the MagSafe wallet, although it's expensive to have to stick that thing on, but I like the, I like the option. I like the, the, the idea that the option is there. Um, but this has become a really heavy slab of glass over the years. And one of the things that I always tell you guys is that I have to take into account the hand-me-down value because nothing goes to waste in this house when it comes to technology. Every, every iteration gets passed down. And we're also at a point where, you know, my eldest son, he he's my mini me. I mean, he is the one that is really techie, you know, the little one, not so much. I mean, he'll he'll just take what he gets, basically. And and my husband, you know, he's he just wants it to function. You know, we've talked about our, our husbands and they kind of just make it work. Yes, that's <laughs> just all fix, they care just, about. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. You know, and then that's that's what our role is. And we accept that. Um, but now we're in a situation where. I'm no longer passing down my hand-me-down to my husband. I'm now giving it to my older child because he gets more out of it. I'd rather, I'd rather, and my husband agrees, I'd rather that he get the better technology because he's the one that's really using it. He's using it for school projects and, you know, producing videos and being creative and all that stuff. And he really needs that right now. So when we, we talked about it and he's like, mom, you know, I just, I don't want that big of a phone. So I'm actually, for the first time, uh, I think I'm going to trade this in because, you know, it's in really great condition. I've kept screen protectors on it and everything. And uh, as of right now, you can get $210 for a good shape iPhone uh, 8 Plus. So I'm actually going to trade this in and pay the balance and get him the the new model of the SE and hand down the other one to my to my younger son. So that way he'll have the latest chip. You know, he'll have the latest processor. So it just seems like a better value proposition to do it that way. And I mean, I've asked my husband, like, nobody wants this big phone. <laughs> they don't want the big things. So and I and it's like I said, it's hurting me to use it. So I'm actually going to go the opposite direction and go down to the mini. Like I'm going to the smallest size because I do miss having something pocketable, something that I could, you know, use with one hand. Um, so that's that's my consideration. Of course, you know, the price point is it's the lowest price point in the in the 12 lineup. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with the mini and um, trade this in. And we'll all basically, between the four of us, we'll all have the same form factor. We'll all have that same size phone. But see, the nice thing about the mini is I won't have to sacrifice on screen size. It's just the body of it that's going to be smaller. The screen size is going to be the same thing. They do have these really nice lineups where you can compare the devices and you can see them side by side. So that's what I'm, I'm basing that off of. So I plan on getting the mini um, and I'll try to stop complaining about the whole power supply thing. <laughs> I'll figure out some some way to deal with it. Um, so that's what I wanted to talk about for the announcements. So going smaller. So you were you were interested in the mini, not going to do it. We're going to hold off on that for a while, too, because there's other things that we could probably spend our money on that would be a little bit more useful. And now we just have to wait for the pre-order. You can pre-order them November 6th. So. I will be excited waiting to pre-order 
uh, that and do the trade in. You know, it's right around my birthday anyway. So you got you got stuff for your birthday. That's this is what I'm planning on doing for my birthday. This will be my my birthday present to myself. And then everybody will have something, you know, something to to use that'll have iOS 14 on it. That's been our main goal is making sure that everybody has the same operating system. You know, they still have their great longevity. So I think it's worth it to invest in it now. I mean, you know, we're in the Apple ecosystem, so it's too late to switch to Android or anything like right right now. Not that I would want to, but they just don't seem to last like the Apple stuff does. We really get years and years out of this stuff. So I think it's a worthy investment. Uh, But that was was what I had for Apple announcements. Was there anything else that you thought was interesting? No, not really. You know, I'm not in the market for a phone. Mm-hmm. Not in the market for an iPad. Or a Mac. Or a Mac. No. I, you know how much money I've given them the last two years? <laughs> yeah. I've gotten, go a, I've gotten a, a new computer, mm-hmm. a watch, an iPad, and a phone in the last mm-hmm. two years. And that's just for you. That's just for to... me. Mm-hmm. My husband got a new phone. Two so you guys are kids. set for a little yeah. while, huh? Yeah. So we yeah. don't have any more money. <laughs> you, just, you just have to watch other people yeah. spend their money then. the well is dry <laughs> yep. except for a 99 dollar um home pod mini but mm-hmm. that's it mm-hmm. yeah i'm actually even thinking about possibly looking into getting to the the apple card just so i can save the three percent when i go to buy it so that's something else i might i'm consider. using it a lot i've been using yeah it a lot you said lately. you liked it yeah and you did tell me that there is a way to export the transaction so i yep, can there is now yep Mm-hmm. that was one thing that was holding and me what's back. nice is they bill you if you're if this me i mean for some people they're not going to care but the billing period goes from the calendar month so oh. on november 1st i'm going to get an email from apple saying your bill is ready and uh-huh. then what they do is they'll say you owe x amount of dollars and if you want to pay it in full that uh it'll be paid on november 30th but I usually go in and say, well, let's do the 28th. I do it. Yeah, a I always days. do it early. Yeah, I do it a couple of days before. So you hook up your checking account with it so it knows that it will automatically take the money from your checking account to pay the bill. Yep. And, you mm-hmm. know, I just look it over and go, yeah, okay. And then it tells you, you know, every time you buy something, you'll get a little um, notification that says, you just spent, you know, $100 at the Apple store. Your daily cash is $3. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, it's just off of the raw price. It's not off of the tax, right? Yeah. So when you're calculating it, you do it as before tax mm-hmm. to get 3%. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then there's like, there's some other little um, promotions that they say, like you'll save $30 if you activate through AT&T, which we'll probably do. That's another thing I want to research too. I've got so much to research. I'm, I'm thinking about looking at T-Mobile. So if anybody has any feedback to give us on on T-Mobile, let me know what you think of it. It's something I want to check into. I mean, we've been with AT&T for over 20 years now. And, yes, hopefully. you know, I'm relatively happy, I guess I could say, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of a thing. However, you know, we got screwed on this last promotion that we that we did. I won't go into it. It's too detailed. But I had to do, a, just like you, I had to do a lot of wrangling to, to get what I needed out of it. And it, that was kind of exhausting. And then the coverage, you know, we're having to do so much more over the phone now because of, of quarantine and distancing and stuff. And I'm really being pained by phone calls and, and dropping and call quality. You know, I'm never a person that really likes to talk on the phone phone, like an actual you know phone call. I like Skype and I like lots of VoIP things because of the call quality. But the the cellular quality has really, really just been annoying, you know, trying to try to talk to doctors and things like that and get appointments going and stuff. And 
you just have to hope that they heard everything that you said, you know. And I just wonder if, if maybe T-Mobile has a better better coverage by now. Last time I looked, it, it was the same or, or worse. So who knows? With this whole 5G thing, that's what's got me thinking about it. I just, I, it's just something else to research, something else to learn more about. But if anybody has any feedback on that, uh, give us give us a, an email or a comment on the blog or go to our new Twitters. Check us out over there at Geekiest Show. Yep, or you can contact us at podcast at geekyshowever.com. Love to hear from you. Show ideas, interview ideas. We're making a list. We have gotten in, uh, some we people are. have gotten in touch with some interview ideas, so we are making a list. Um, hopefully, our we next do have an interview coming up. Will be ne- will be an interview if all goes well with your mini me <laughs> with my mini me. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll let you. We'll just like let that linger and let people think mm-hmm. about that. <laughs> which one will it be i have so many so uh, <laughs> yep so you can find and where can they find you on on twitter i mean twitter? we now have our own twitter mm-hmm. for geeky show but if you want to get in touch with us personally about something mm-hmm. you can find elisa at i am at sensei die and melissa you are i am at the mac mommy and i'm at the mac mommy online all over not just yeah. twitter but if you look up the mac mommy you'll find me you'll find her okay So listeners, we thank you so much for listening. Again, we would really, really would appreciate any feedback you have for us. Like I said, interviews, topic suggestions, show ideas, uh, answer to any of our questions. We'd love to hear from you. So with that being said, please stay safe. Don't forget to vote if you live in the United States. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. everybody this is simon parnell the host of the essential apple podcast the show where we aim to take a wander around the week's news in apple news reviews technology security and anything else that catches our eye plus from time to time we like to have guests from the industry who we get to tell us about their products their services their history their philosophies what uh, Uh, drives them and of course just what makes them tick that plus a bunch of friends talking about the news in apple what more could you possibly want check us out on the my mac podcasting network 